So we are in Bahar, in the middle of Leviticus this Shabbat. And this week's Torah portion is really about how Jewish time is constructed. How Jewish time is constructed. It begins with the sabbatical year. Every seventh year, you rest the land. You let it lay fallow. Just like we rest every seventh day from work on Shabbat, as God rested, the land also needs to rest from its creative process of producing food to help sustain us in our creative process. The notion is that everything needs to take a break from constantly producing in order to be able to sustain itself and us in the long term. Then Leviticus, in the next verse, describes the ultimate of sabbaticals, that after seven seven-year cycles, so after 49 years, on the 50th year, there is a jubilee year, a yuvel, right? A jubilee year on the 50th year, a super Shabbat, in essence, a Shabbat Shabbaton, as the text tells us. And Leviticus 25.10 teaches the following. You shall sanctify the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee to you, and you shall return every man to his possession, and you shall return every human to his family. So it shall be a year where you return every human to, his, or to their possession and return every human to their family. So in other words, in the Jubilee year, in this 50th year, all indentured servants go free, all debts are forgiven, and all land is returned to its original owner. This verse may sound a little familiar to those students of American history in the congregation, or those of you who have spent time or are originally from the state of Pennsylvania. They are engraved upon the Liberty Bell. Proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. The colony of Pennsylvania commissioned the bell in honor of the 50th anniversary of William Penn's 1701 Charter of Privileges. Pennsylvania's original constitution, which speaks really to Penn's liberal stances on religious freedom and the inclusion of citizens enacting law in a government. The Speaker of the House of Pennsylvania chose this biblical verse from this week's Torah portion, Bahar, because it related to 50 years, since so it was the 50th anniversary and the Jubilee is on the 50th year, and to freedom and liberty, what Penn and what his establishment of the colony of Pennsylvania really stood for. Interestingly, it was not called the Liberty Bell until the period around the Civil War, when it rang out to, oh, when it became the iconic symbol for the abolitionist movement. They thought not only did it relate to the Jubilee year, but it speaks about returning every human being, especially slaves, to their family. So they changed it from this symbol of independence, the bell that rang out with the public reading of the Declaration of Independence, 
in the 18th century, and they transformed it into something that was about the next level of freedom. They, in essence, wrote a midrash, a commentary on the original use of the verse, and transformed it into the next societal fight for freedom, abolition, abolitionism, and the ability to free slaves in the South. I love being reminded of the biblical allusions in our nation's historical symbols. I love being reminded that our founders were deeply religious people with almost encyclopedic knowledge of the Hebrew Bible, something I'm a little jealous of. The fact that in thinking about 50 and thinking about freedom, they immediately thought of Leviticus and the Jubilee year speaks to how knowledgeable they were about what they would call the Old Testament. The leaders of Pennsylvania could have put a quotation from Penn's charter on the bell, right? They could have chosen something from his own words. But instead, they chose to mark the occasion with a biblical passage that perfectly weaved the theme of 50 years and liberty together. The abolitionists then added their own midrash by reinterpreting the meaning of that quotation, that liberty throughout the land means freedom for all people. In many ways, we continue to be a religious nation, and we continue to take pride in the faith of our founders. But when the colonists spoke about liberty, it was really liberty as religious freedom. The ability for Quakers and even Jews, there were even Jews in the beginning of the founding of Philadelphia in particular, to practice their own religions without fear. Our founders loved the Bible, they loved Torah, but they were also deeply aware of the danger of religion's ability to oppress. They had experienced it in England, and they wanted to safeguard against it in their new promised land of America. Their faith inspired them to fight for freedom for all inhabitants of the land, for those of all religions and for those without religion. We continue to be a nation that struggles with the balance of being religious and also allowing religious freedom. In the town of Greece, New York versus Galloway, the Supreme Court recently upheld sectarian prayer before a legislative session. And the Religious Action Center, the RAC, which is the reform movement's advocate in Washington, D.C., our voice to Congress and the Senate and to the political powers that be, had joined an amicus brief to the court opposing the constitutionality of the town of Greece's practices, along with a diverse array of other faith and religiously affiliated groups. They argued that if you looked at the records of the town of Greece and of the actual prayers that were said at the beginning of each of their town sessions, while they claimed to be multi-faith, they were almost always offered by Christians, and they often included references to Jesus Christ as the Messiah. After the court's 5-4 decision in favor of the town of Greece, Rabbi David Saperstein, the director of the RAC, who actually recently spoke here at Emmanuel, issued the following statement. We are deeply disappointed by today's Supreme Court decision. An individual's religious belief or non-belief 
ought not to be a prerequisite to accessing the political process. The Greece versus Galloway decision undermines the fundamental American principle of equal participation in government, regardless of the faith of the individual. Scholars debate whether the Jubilee ever actually happened. Did the Israelites, the progenitor of many generations of future bankers, really forgive all debt and return all land to its original owners? But the reality of the practice is really not that important to us today. It's not something that keeps me up at night. It's the ideal of the text. It's the Torah's imagination that there would be a time of liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. That as Americans, that as Jews, that as people who respect the power of religion and faith in our lives, that we continue to fight for the realization of that vision. To ensure religious freedom in this country for ourselves and for our neighbors, and to be able to ring the bell of freedom and proclaim it for all. Shabbat Shalom.